Welcome to the special edition of Media Insultant. Now, we don't often do interviews, but we thought this guest deserved to tell her story about rejuvenating a small market radio station. I'm Jackson Weaver in Seattle. My co-host is Keith Samuels in Los Angeles. But Keith, who's our special guest today? Good morning, Jackson. Oh, wow, you're throwing it to me to do the honors? Our special guest today is none other than the most listened to female personality in all of radio, the amazing, the incomparable Delilah. So Delilah is our interview guest today because Delilah, one year ago, took over a small radio station in Reedsport, Oregon, her hometown, and it just happened to be the same radio station that Delilah was doing uh, reports on and for when she was in high school in Reedsport. So this is a this is an amazing story showing you really can go home, and uh, and and boy, Delilah is just having so much fun with uh, KDUN, ten thirty a.m. or as they can say it, AM ten three o Dune Radio in Reedsport, Oregon. You got the rhyme right, yeah. Ten three zero Dune Radio. That's good. And you know, just so everybody kind of gets a picture, Reedsport is a is a fog shrouded former lum- lumber town that uh, is right on the coast. Uh, the Umpqua River flows through town. Population four thousand three hundred and ten. And uh, this, as you said, is the one year anniversary of her purchase of the radio station. So let's let her tell her story. All right. Here is part one of Delilah's Media Insultant interview. Uh, Delilah, obviously, thank you for uh, joining us today. You know, as long as I've known you, your life has been about passions. And whether that was your large family or the, the struggles of people that call you on your radio show or, or that farm, that fabulous farm you're building out there in western Washington or projects in Africa, I mean, something you've always been driven by your passions, which is one of the things I think it, that your audience responds so well to. So there was something about that old radio station, KDUN, in Reedsport, Oregon, that triggered your passion. So I, I want to know what it was. Tell us your story on that. Well, first off, I am where I am in this studio talking to you because... Mm. 100% because God put me in KDUN when I was a teenager. Mm. Um, I was one of those kids that the teachers, in every report card I ever got, the teachers would say, Delilah is a bright student. She's a delight to have in class. However, <laughs> she talks too much. <laughs> and and by the second semester, it would be, you know, Delilah's smart, but she doesn't shut up. And by the third semester, it was, can you please make your daughter sit down and shut up? <laughs> and by the fourth semester, I've got duct tape over my face, yeah. you know. And and so I, I was born, I like to tell people I was born, Jackson, with the show-off gene. I am a natural-born show-off. But I was not born with the talent gene. So while other kids can take dance lessons and spin around in tutus and the parents go to recitals or they can throw a football or hit a, you know, tennis ball, I was a big klutz. I was a big, (laughs) clumsy, awkward, loud, talkative, talkative kid. And... I didn't really have a place to show off. 
So I was the kid that kept getting sent out in the hall because I'm trying to entertain the class. You know, I would literally, if the teacher left the classroom for two minutes to go blow her nose, I was standing on top of her desk telling jokes. And that that wasn't really working for me or my parents because they were just exasperated. And then my junior high in a little uh-huh. town called Reedsport, Oregon, had a grant from the timber industry that part of the money from the grant went to a resuscitation contest, a recital. Every year, a percentage of the grant money went to a recital. And there were five categories in this contest that you could enter. And you had to recite a poem or a speech, or uh, there was a, a category for an original poem. And I entered all categories, and I won four of them. I either won first place or, or second place in, in four of them. And the two men who judged this competition the, the year I was in junior high, seventh grade, eighth grade, uh, their names were Jerome and Steve Kanegi. They were two brothers that had moved to town and bought the local little radio station, KBUN. Okay. And... At the end of the contest, we got silver dollars as prize money. And so I got to show off. I got to talk a lot. And I got silver dollars. It was a beautiful day in my life. (laughs) And at the end of the contest, the two men came up to my mother and said, Mrs. Luke, your daughter really likes to talk. (laughs) And my poor mom just, you know, kind of folded in on herself and said, oh, my God, I know we cannot get her to shut up. We've tried everything. And they said, no, no, this is a good thing. We own a radio station and we don't have any money. <laughs> so Child labor. Did, it was child labor. They, they had a beautiful spirit of a man named Wes Lockard who was still in town. Mm. And he would come to our school and four or five of us, it wasn't just me, um, but other students, Tosh and Starla and a, a few of the boys that that liked to talk. It was weird that Starla got to go because she didn't like to talk, but she was brilliant. She liked to write. They taught us how to write school news and school sports and how to deliver it and record it on an old TIAC recording machine. And so that is is where I started. And then when I got into high school, um, I was a little wild. And Steve Kanegi had a dear friend who was a teacher at our high school who called him up and said, didn't Delilah used to come to the station, you know, in junior Mm -hmm. high and do that school news stuff? He said, yeah, she was really good. And he said, why? He said, she said, and I did not know this until two or three years ago when I won a national award, I invited Steve to come to present it. He shared this story with me. She said, she's in the hallway with a boy who's a senior and she's going to get herself in trouble if she doesn't have something to focus on. Mm. And so unbeknownst to me, God sent the Kanegis back into my life for that reason. And they stepped in and they set me up on a work study program where I only had to go to school in the morning, take my tests, get my assignments, 
annoy the teachers for 10 minutes instead of an hour and then go to the radio station. And so I worked part-time, full-time my junior and senior year in high school. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, that's a great story. So They are amazing human beings. And you still are in touch with them. Well, Jerome has gone home to be with God, but Mm. Steve and I are still in touch. In fact, I bought his motorhome from him. Um, so my husband and I take the kids motorhoming in Steve's motorhome. (laughs) (laughs) So so how did it, how did it come to pass that the station was available for sale? In fact, I think when you bought it, it was off the air, wasn't it? It was, it had been dark for a little while. Um, the Kanegi sold it. They, they got out of radio when they started CBSI, Computers Business Systems Incorporated, which was the trafficking yeah. system for sure. almost every radio station in America. Yep. And they did quite well for themselves. And they were able to retire and uh, live a very nice life. So they sold the station and the station sold two or three times and a, a knucklehead in California bought it and let it go dark. So it had been dark for a little while. A bigger issue was he had not paid the taxes because in Oregon, you have to pay taxes on land that you are leasing. Mm, he had not okay. paid the taxes on the land where the tower was, nor had he kept the tower um, up to code with the FAA. So the tower lights were out oh. and he had not oh. paid taxes. That was an even bigger issue than the station not being dark because he had the station on the computer and he would, you know, just broadcast it on the air every now and again to keep the license going. How did you come to so, be aware of it? That's the story, a too. A broker. Yeah. Uh, a guy named Craig. Craig um, Rourke, yeah. Craig Ruark reached out to me. He sent letters to Didi. He sent letters to my business email. He sent, <laughs> tried to contact me on social media, and he finally tracked me down. And he said, hey, I understand this is where you got your start in radio. Um, would you be interested in buying the station? And I'm like, I don't know anything about <laughs> I, all I know how to do is, you know, talk into this microphone. That's it. I, I don't do billing. I don't do sales. I So I contacted some friends of mine in the business and my business partner, Craig Kitchen, and everybody said, absolutely not. <laughs> not a good idea. That is That is like owning a boat. It's a hole in the water that you just pour money into. And... Um, and you got a good thing going, you know. You got a really sweet team going. Why would you even do this? So I went to my hometown. Um, I don't own property there anymore. We sold my parents' house when they passed. But I go back every year. Reed Sport is this weird little tiny community in the middle of nowhere on the Oregon coast that has a hold on your heart mm-hmm. like like a lover that just won't let go. Yeah, yeah. You cannot ever leave Reedsport. When you leave Reedsport, you go home. And okay. there were 98 kids in my graduating class, and we are all friends today, oh, those of yeah. us who are still alive. And, you know, people moved to, to Europe. One of my girlfriends has been a teacher in Europe. She just retired. She's moving home. Everybody goes home, home to Reedsport. Oh, yeah. 
And so I went home and I had a meeting with um, the mayor who used to be my next door neighbor growing up. His dad was the mayor when I lived there. His wife is a teacher at the high school and, you know, like 10 or 12 players in the community. And um, it was COVID. So we had to, you know, set six feet apart in the mask and be tested beforehand and all that rigmarole. And they all said, we don't have a voice. They call me sis because that's what I was called growing up, sis. They said, we don't have a newspaper. We don't Mm -hmm. have a TV station. We don't have a radio station now. We've got a Facebook internet page, but people fight on there because it gets political. (laughs) We don't have a voice. And they said, our high school doesn't have a a way to broadcast the team, the activities. We don't have a a way to get the word out if there's a flood or a storm coming. You know, we're three Uh miles from the ocean. Mm. So they said, please, please do this. So I called Craig. Oh, no. (laughs) Craig Ruark, after telling him, I can't do this, and I said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. He said, I knew you were going to do this. And how did you know I was going to do this? He said, because you're a passionate person who has a heart for projects, and you like to fix up houses, and you like to fix up things, and this project needs you. Well, during that visit, I went out to the tower, And it was the same building where I started my career. It's the same building. Wow. It's a little 20 by 30 foot wooden shack where I first did Delilah Luke on the warpath in 1974. Delilah Luke on the warpath? (laughs) That's great. We were the, they've changed the logo now because of, um, because of indigenous people, and I'm glad. But we were the Reedsport Braves, and we were the the junior high was the Reedsport Warriors, and so we were on the warpath. Was the name of the t- the little radio show we did? I That's love great. it. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it was so- like, let's do the time warp again. <laughs> Nothing had changed since Amazing. 1974. The building. Wow. The building was still it there. Was, it had aged I, a bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, have we all? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it aged worse than you and I did, though, Keith. Trust me. Okay. Well, but Delilah, you've got Craig Kitchen, and Craig is like one of the smartest guys I've ever met. I've only met him a couple of times, but I mean, he's like, no one does what Craig says you shouldn't do. I mean, you know, it's like you defied the great Craig Kitchen. And not the it, first time. Okay, all right. <laughs> Certainly not the last time. Um, Craig is the reason I am successful on the air today, no doubt. He is the smartest man I've ever met. Yep, yep. Um, when I met Craig, I had no idea how syndicated radio worked. I just went in the studio and talked and let other people deal with it. And he taught me from the ground up mm-hmm. how to get sponsors, how to nurture relationships with good sponsors, what works, what fits, what doesn't fit how to be true to my brand, how to never, never break my promise. That's what, Mm -hmm. that is his motto in life. That is my motto in life. But I never understood how that applied to the audience. Mm -hmm. And when people, when the audience expects you to be A, B, or C, and you do a sharp turn and decide to do, you know, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, whatever, 
you're breaking your promise to your audience. And a lot of very successful people think, oh, well, I'm so successful, I can, you know, start talking about politics or I can stop talking about politics and start selling dog food or whatever. And he said, D, people trust you. People, when they listen to you, trust you to be authentically you. You don't talk about politics. You don't talk about sports. You talk about life and love and kids and 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 things that matter in the heart. Mm-hmm. So long as you never break your promise, you will be fine. And and he also knew when Craig approached me that I was going to do it. He was just <laughs> hoping I would come to my senses. Um. Because, well, probably, you know, COVID economics didn't make any sense at all. Yeah. He w- probably wanted to be able to tell you, I told you so, or I'm glad you dissipated me. One or the other. Yeah, no, Craig will never say, I told you so to me. Okay. He is so good to me. He he would never do that. He is such a true person and a true friend. Um, And so when I called him and Fred, my accountant, and told them what I was going to do, they're like, okay, let's figure out how to make it work. Um, and Craig called in some favors and got some really smart people to come and help me. Um, Craig Ruark found a person to climb the tower and paint the tower for me and to put up new lights. Uh, Bob, there's a man named Bob who is on the air, uh, and he lives in Roseburg and Bob came and spent hours in the old building vacuuming and sweeping and bringing the Nautel back to life. Um, My engineer up here, Ryan, he and Bob worked tirelessly for two weeks, you know, bringing it all back to life. But um, as soon as I decided I was going to do it, I reached out to Smokey Rivers. I don't know if you guys know Smokey. I know of him, yeah. I've worked with him and for him for many years and he had just retired and I, you know, told him what I was going to do. And he said, count me in. (laughs) And for a year now, a year and a couple of months, he has worked basically for free. Wow. Seven days a week, making this thing a a viable radio station. That's great. uh, Delilah, you've been on the air a year now. How does it feel? How has it gone? So tell us tell us about how it feels today. Well, you know, in keeping with what Craig says, never break your promise. We have not broken our promise. We have been there 100% for the community. Um, God is so good. A woman who was in radio in California, her parents settled in Reedsport. They retired in Reedsport. And they both have cancer. So for the Mm. last two or three years, she's been going to Reedsport from Fresno, California, once a month or so to take her parents to their cancer treatments. Mm. And she fell in love with the community. She fell in love with the coast. And every time she would go back to to California, she worked for a big company, a really big company, like 12 stations in their, uh, you know. And she was a very successful very successful, many, many digit salesperson, but she loved the coast. And so she came to, when we had our grand opening, she came to it. 
Her name is uh, Rhonda Grant, and she hand me, handed me a resume, and she says, I might decide I want to move up here. You know, my folks live here, and I looked at her resume, and I'm like, there's no way in hell she's going to move <laughs> from a huge multi-million dollar company, the second largest radio company in America, to Reedsport, Oregon, to work on a, a station that really services less than 10,000 people. Mm-hmm. And two months later, she calls me and she says, if you have me, I will come. Oh, that's like, amazing. Rhonda, I can't even pay you one-tenth, not even one-tenth of what you're making. She says, I know. Will you have me? And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? I know, <laughs> I know what you make. I called Craig. He did the research on you. <laughs> And sure enough, she and her husband bought a house and, you know, her main motivation is to take care of her, her, her dad and her stepmom. But then a a month or two after she moved, her biological mom moved and then her sister bought a house. So she's got her whole family living in the area now. And, um, under her stewardship with a very tiny team of amazingly dedicated people, there's a young girl that that moved to Reedsport the day we went on the air, Molly Ann, who had been on the air as a teenager in a college station in Bisbee, Brisbee, New Mexico, Bisbee, Bisbee, Bisbee. right on the Mexican border, Bisbee. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Bisbee, Arizona, actually. Bisbee, yeah, whatever. I mean, tiny, like 200-watt station. The girl is brilliant. She's brilliant. She lives, eats, and breathes the station. She makes costumes. She makes dresses. She <laughs> makes table covers for our appearances. Oh, and so it. we've done dozens of appearances. We're at every event. Um, we've been in every parade. We've put on. We've worked with other people. A woman who wanted to put on a Christmas parade. We worked with her. We only had a couple of months to do it. We had like over 50 cars and trucks and ambulances and fire trucks from all over the state of Oregon and the largest Christmas parade they've ever had. It's just been amazing. It's been the, the most fun project I've taken on ever. K-Dune is streamed off their website, Keith, or the iHeart application, if you happen to have that. And because she had such a great story and it went so long, we decided we'd break it into a second segment for this Media Insultant Special Edition interview with Delilah. And uh, then Friday, we will, the second segment, we will delve into more of her efforts to revitalize K-Doon and how she's managed to find staff and community support for her station. So... That's what we're going to be doing on Friday. Keith, you want to read us out for Media Insultant? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it because that's the part where uh, Delilah invites us to uh, ride in the uh, Christmas parade in Reedsport. So, you know, we're looking forward to that. A big, big remote for uh, Media Insultant. But uh, Media Insultant is uh, every Tuesday and Friday, as you guys all know. Uh, It's available on Vimeo at our uh, Media Insultant Showcase. Uh, but also, it's also available in audio format, uh, audio podcast format, on all the usual places from uh, Spotify to Apple to everywhere else uh, that you want to go find your audio podcast. So we look forward to uh, rejoining uh, Delilah on Friday, and you'll get the rest of the story. We'll see you then. 
Thank you, Keith. Nicely done.